We're really glad to have Elliot and Karen with us. Elliot is a a minister and associate pastor at uh, Bethel Community Church in uh, Pottstown. Uh, That's on Kime Street where the synagogue was. They bought the synagogue and uh, have been meeting there. And uh, uh, Elliot has become a friend over the last couple of years. He's connected with uh, our Pottstown pastors group, the Netzer pastors group, and has been uh, a spark plug in our group. Um, if you've been to any of the regional gatherings that we've had at the Hill School, you've seen he and Karen down front and center serving communion um, as a part of those times. And uh, it's been a real privilege to uh, to be with Elliot. And uh, he's been a man of prayer who's been a part of that uh, group and really just kind of encouraged us in prayer. He's also uh, involved in it. He's got his hands in a, in a lot of stuff and some radio stuff and uh, teaching and a lot of different stuff going on. Yeah, he's got he's got a lot of a lot of cool stuff going on. And if if you get a chance to interact with Elliot, um, I would encourage that. Um, and we're really privileged to have him. Been glad that you're here. So uh, we're going to pray for Elliot and then um, and then just ask him to come share. Can you come stand with us, please? Father God, I thank you so much for Elliot and for Karen. I thank you for their life, God. And I thank you for the calling that you've put on him. I know that um, he wears these robes right here, God, for the purpose of you putting your mantle on him to speak your words, that it's not Elliot speaking, that it's him. And God, we just ask that as a congregation right now that we would receive from you what it is that you want to speak and that as a congregation, we bless Elliot to speak to us, God. So um, anybody who wants to can just kind of extend your arm. And uh, God, we ask now uh, for your blessing over him as he brings your word to us in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Good morning. Good morning. Good morning. How you doing out there, saints of God? Doing all right? Amen. Well, I greet you with the love and the joy of Jesus, the Christ, my Lord and Savior. Amen. I give him honor and glory first and foremost, being the deliverer, the healer, the restoration, and the wealth of my life. I truly honor him in this place. To the under-shepherd, my friend, my brother, Tim and his lovely wife, amen. I salute you, man of God, amen. And to you, the children of God here present, I greet you with the love of God. And not least and never last, to the cream in my coffee, my wife, amen. I love you, honey, amen. Amen. Now, you husbands that's been married a while longer than me understand that, Amen. But it's not just words, it is true, amen. She, she picks me up when, I, when I'm weak and she helps me when I don't even know I need help. She helps me, amen. But um, I just want to share something before we go into this word, amen. I do have a loud voice. Um, when I was coming out of the men's room, a young lady, she was uh, a young girl, beautiful little reddish hair young girl she looked at me and her eyes got big and I guess because she looked at what I was wearing so as many of you know I'm a veteran I was in the Navy I was in Beirut war and you can distinguish between the forces by their uniforms come on somebody amen you can go into the hospital I've been in a uh, nurse healthcare, wound care for 20 years you know the doctors by their uniforms amen 
So when I go before God's people by God's calling, I believe being in. Amen. So we understand that it's not me trying to look cute or be cute. It's just what I believe in the Lord. Amen. So I just wanted to share that with you because she looked at me like, what are you wearing? And I was like, okay, understandable, but that's all right. Doesn't say that you have to, but the way that I was raised, amen, and brought up that to distinguish between the authority that one has been given is by uniform or we know in the corporate world by your title, but we know it's uniform. So I just wanted to share that because she was still on my mind when I entered how adorable she looked and how she was curious eyes that she had. Amen. We're going to be, um, I was given a task by my brother and um, your friend, um, Pastor Tim, uh, to talk about diversity in the body. And truly, you know that we must and foremost must understand that we are to be diverse. Amen. We ought to be the diverse for many reasons, reasons being beyond our own intellectual understandings, reason being that we don't even know, but God have called all people to him who would believe in Jesus. Amen. Amen. Now, I just want to share this, too, before we go on this, just so you have a little understanding about me. Maybe I might get invited back. I don't know, but um, I'm hoping I might. But. Now, we all know today is Super Bowl, right? And for some men and some women, y'all going to be at a very high voltage. Amen? Just like you're going to have that high voltage today, later on, I appreciate if you participate with a high voltage. Amen? Or I can say this to some of the wives that the husband has been kind to. You know how on Christmas... You know, we get our gifts under the tree, but then you go outside and you see that one with the red bow and you go, ah, ah, right? Well, that's how I like you to be during the service. Amen. 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 Got that out the way. Amen. Y'all understand. You understand that, right? Amen. That's how I like to interact. Amen. Because truly, if Jesus saved us and cleansed us from all that we have did, and I also want you to know in the propheticness that God has given me, that you're not just free in your deeds. You're free in deeds. Catch that. Catch that. You're not just free because of the deeds. You're free in deeds. The deed that you're about to do on Tuesday that you don't even know, you're already free. Oh, God, Lord, good glory to God. Come on, somebody. Catch on with me. Amen. You're free indeed. Amen. God has promised you that and made that. Everything future, past, and present. Amen? Amen. If you would, have your Bibles, laptops, or phones. Go with me to Luke chapter 6. We're going to be looking at verses 12 through 16. And if I had to tag this text, I would tag it, diversity makes a body good. Come on, somebody. Say that with me. Diversity makes a body good. One more time. Diversity makes a body good. Amen. How do you know that it does make a body good? But before we go into this text, I want to share a couple things with you. First thing I'd like to share with you is that as we read this text, some people are going to say Jesus is selecting the 12. You would be right. Some people will say that Jesus is selecting the apostle. You would also be right. But the question that I like to ask you is why? 
Why is he choosing these men at this time in his ministry? Why is he now calling those that are with him, some 12 we know, out from amongst the hundreds that was following him? Amen. So keep that in your mind and let us go into the word of God. Amen. Luke 6, chapters, uh, Luke chapter 6, verses 12. Amen. Now it came to pass in those days that he went out to the mountain to pray and continued all night in prayer to God. And when it was day, he called his disciples to himself and from them he chose 12 whom he also named apostles. Simon, whom he also, who also, excuse me, uh, named, uh, excuse me, Peter, thank you, and Andrew, his brother James and John, Philip and Bartholomew, Matthias and Thomas, James, the son of Alphaeus, and Simon called the Zealot, Judas, the son of James, and Judas Iscariot, who also became a traitor. I'm going to read down to 19. Thank you, Holy Spirit. And he came down with them and stood on a level place with the crowd of his disciples and a great multitude of people from all Judea and Jerusalem and from the seacoast of Tyre and Sodom who came to hear him and be healed of their diseases, as well as those who were tormented with unclean spirits. And they were healed and the whole multitude sought to touch him for power went out from him and healed them all. But reading that, I want to take your eyes to verses 7, and we'll drop to verse 11. It says, so the scribes and Pharisees watched him closely, whether he would heal the, on the Sabbath, that they might find an accusation against him. Verse 11, but they were filled with rage, with disgust, with one another, what they might do to Jesus. They were filled with rage, disgust, and they wanted to accuse and find a penalty against Jesus. How many people wants to find an accusation against you and I for being a believer? How many people you know that wants to accuse you for your faith? and for your stand in God. Those that want to point the finger because you, what I found out in my walk of faith is that when people know or find out, not by me verbally saying it, but by my demeanor and my walk, that their, their hand or their fingers is like this. And as soon as I do something that whatever in their mind is not Christianese, I like to call it that, Christianese. If I, it's not Christianese, they're ready to go, I thought you was a Christian. But I let them know, by the grace of God, I still am, always will be, and eternally is hoped. Amen? Amen. Amen. Let us go into the text. So, in this text, we're going to find that Jesus has chosen 12. He's picked them. But I believe the reason why is found in the previous scripture. Now, I will not insult your intelligence. You are wise people here. We have teachers, theologians, ministers, and other people with great degrees on honorability, and that's great. But here we now find Jesus in a place. Now, we know that it's the Sabbath because the text tells us that. The Sabbath is a day that was 
that was the day of rest for the Jewish nation. And this is the day that Yahweh rested on the Sabbath. And for the Jews, they believed that they kept this legalism, this law, this ritual to a high standard. Amen. But Jesus came around with his disciples and they came around first eating and then he had to give them a psalm out of the psalm what David did but they came around because Jesus healed and did something on the day of rest. Now this was a day that they were supposed to do no movement and no assertion was supposed to happen. They were supposed to assert themselves any way. But Jesus then came healing and this took place on the Sabbath and it was forbidden. But my brothers and sisters we know no matter what, nothing is forbidden when it comes to doing kingdom work. Amen? Nothing is forbidden. So Jesus questioned those in the synagogue before the restoration of this man's hand. Jesus says, he questions them by saying, does the law permit good deeds on the Sabbath? Or is it a day for doing evil? Is this a day to save life or to destroy it? I submit that question to you, saints of God. Is this the day to do good or to do evil? Is this the day to save a life or to do evil? How many people is going to be upset that their sports time tonight is going to get interrupted by somebody that's going to need a word of prayer? How many of you is going to want to say, I'm not answering that. You're going to do your uh, inspector gadget when you see the caller ID and say, I'm not answering that because they really don't need nothing. But how do you know that person might just need you? Are you willing to be interrupted even in the midst of a time that you feel that you shouldn't because you should be rested? Now we find this at work that is going on in the scriptures that Jesus confronted these Pharisees and these scribes. Jesus, knowing all things, he presents this to them. And this, my brothers and sisters, is the reason why they was enraged and felt anger. The people wanted a penalty of wrongdoing put up against Jesus, accusing him of breaking their ritual and their law. They were so legalistic in their mind that they couldn't even see the Lord himself in front of them. But Jesus, already knowing all things, saints of God, continues and he restores the man hand. To give us a better understanding of this scene, it is my duty and my responsibility to inform you of some things that has taken place in this text. Now, verses 17 and 19, actually, when you go into the reading and, the, uh, and, and diving in, comes before 12 and 16. So with that fact known, my brothers and sisters, imagine in your spiritual mind these things that are taking place in the Pharisees' heads, the leaders' heads, the scribes' heads. Jesus has now hit the very center, the very core of these people's belief system. By challenging their belief system, their law, their rituals, the Bible says this, that all types of people was around him, sick people, scribes, Pharisees, people from Judea, Jerusalem, Tyre, and Sodom. We can imagine in our minds there was tens of thousands of people 
waiting to touch Jesus, waiting to brush up on the master. Amen? Now, Jesus, knowing these things, the Bible declares that virtue, virtue is power, dunamis in the Greek. Amen? Power. The same spirit that raised Jesus from the dead is the same spirit that dwells in you. Can somebody say amen? Amen. That same do the most power when the enemy wants to get on you and weigh you down, when the enemy wants to take your stuff that he knows you have done, meaning your BC days, amen, and put it back in your mind, he wants to stop you because there is an assignment on your life. When he wants to stop you because there might be a boss or superior or the kids getting on your nerve and you had an idea, you had a vision, you had some creativity going on, but the enemy wants to come to steal, kill, and destroy. The same virtue that went out of Jesus resides in you and me today. This, my beloved brothers and sisters, is what we all need. Amen. We need just a touch from Jesus. We need to be like that woman that stretched out her arm and her hand and said, if I can only touch the hem of his garment. Amen. We need a touch. I need a touch Monday through Sunday. I need a touch when I get up and when I lay down. I need a touch all day, every day, because if I had any choice in the matter, my own nature would creep right back in front of my supernatural spirit and take over. Amen? Come on, somebody. I know I ain't the only one alone in that. Then you go in the mirror and look at yourself and say, Amen? Come on, somebody. We being honest today in here. Amen? Everything done in dark or light, the Lord knows it all. Amen? Amen. So, my beloved saints of God, this is where the outrage and hatreds come in because Jesus presence. Amen. When you're in the presence of God, there is nothing that we can do but to worship and praise him, to give him honor, to give him glory. There's nothing that we can do but do like the most of the men in the Bible that just fell down like dead. Because of the glory that was in front of him. Amen. Because of the brilliancy of his beauty. Because of the awesomeness of his love. Because of the everlasting, unending favor, grace, and mercy that is upon you and I. Somebody say amen. Amen. So before I continue, I must state this so that you don't leave this place saying that Reverend Liverman told you that the scriptures was backwards that's not so if you know anything about studying the bible you get a chronological bible you will find that 17 do come before 12 amen so i just wanted you to know that so you don't run out here saying he misquoted something no 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 beloved i'm giving you what i studied amen amen so with that fact being stated now let us take our minds and engage back into the text jesus being god and being man in the flesh 100 percent god 100 percent man christ knew this and he had to begin to train to teach to display and to manifest his glory amen he had to do this because not also did the people needed healing not also did they need deliverance not also did they need to see god he had to start to get ready to pass his mantle 
And how else could he do this but by the demonstration of his power, but by the demonstration of the virtue that went from him. Amen. He now that is a lesson. Let me put a pin right there, if I may. That's a lesson for you and I. Amen. That there should be somebody in your inner circle that you should be pouring into somebody that you should be pouring into what God has gifted you to do. Amen. There should be somebody you should be making a deposit in that they can take what you did and run on a little while longer. Somebody that you know that you have put the implanted word of God in them that when the enemy comes in like a flood that they will be able to stand up against every fiery darts of the enemy. Somebody say amen. We should be depositing into our youth, depositing into one another, amen? We should be encouraging and supporting each other. This prayer, when I think about this prayer, I sometimes think about it and I say, I understand it was important, the prayer of choosing the 12 out of thousands. I understand it was important just like the prayer at Gethsemane. I get it. But if I may be frank, sometimes I wonder, I just wonder, how long and how many hours did Jesus needed to pray over Judas? Just my little thought there, because him being God, him being man, he knew these things. You know, I, I sometimes I think, because I don't know it all, I don't even pretend to think that I do or act like I do, but sometimes I say, God, why did you pick a betrayer? Why did you pick a pretender? Why did you pick a phony? God, why did you choose someone that would send you to the cross? My brothers and sisters, you and I must understand that that's our assignment as well as being believers, as well as being powerful, that we got to present ourselves even to those that wants to accuse us of doing wrong. How do you know that forgiveness is not just about the other person? It's about you. <laughs> See, Jesus already forgave him. He told him when he was at the supper, he said, the one that sips and dips his bread in this with me is the one. Told him to go do what you got to do. How many of you today will tell somebody that? I know you're about to get me to lose my house. <laughs> I know you're about to get me to do something crazy and something that is beside myself. Um, how many of you want to tell the one that you know is about to destroy your life to go ahead and do what you got to do? But Jesus being God, he knew that he needed that because those that would run on with his message, those that would take the word, demonstrate the power, show the love, be persistent, persevere through persecution. These are the ones that had to see that love of the father. How can the world know the love of the father if they don't see you showing forgiveness to your enemy? How can they know the love of the Father if they don't see you saying, I know that you want to do me harm, but because of the grace that God has given me, I'm able to even accept you and love you despite you wanting to do me wrong. I know it seems hard. You, you think about it in your mind. You think about it in your conscience. But it's a hard thing to do. But I can put two hands up and tell you I have lived it. I have done it. And it wasn't easy. And it still sometimes is not easy. But because of I know who got me. Huh? Amen. I know who provides for me. I know who protects me. I know who keeps me even when I cannot keep myself. I know that it's not me, but it is God. 
I know that is Jesus. And the other thing I want to share with you about the forgiveness before we move on is that forgiveness without it hinders the glory of God in your life. When you don't forgive, then you are hindering the glory of God in your life. How do I know that? The Bible says that Jesus said, even on the cross, Father, forgive them. So if the Lord can forgive even on his moment of going into the heavenly realm, why can't you and I, believing in him, be able to forgive today? Amen? Amen. Amen. So my brothers and sisters, Jesus calls these 12. And I want to share this with you. See, he called disciples, but he called them to himself. Disciples never belongs to any man. They only belong to Jesus. Amen. They are his disciples then and now. Now, disciple means learner, a student. But in this era and time of Jesus, the student not only was a student, he was a follower. He was one that imitated. He followed the teacher. There is an element today that is missing in this apical practication that we have forgotten. That the student not only is a learner, but should be an example and a reflection of the teacher. It was a very large crowd that was around them. And Christ knew these things. Jesus chose 12 disciples, disciples, excuse me, later becoming apostles. Now listen closely, beloved. I want you to understand this thing of the spirit of the living God that an apostle, the idea of an apostle at this time in the Greek is an apostle is an ambassador, one that has been sent forth by someone who represents another and have a message from the sender. It is said in the Bible that Jesus was an apostle. Where do you say? You never heard it? Hebrews 3.1 says, Therefore, holy brethren, partaker of the whole heavenly calling, consider this, the apostle, the high priest, Jesus, the confession of our faith. Some folks ask, why 12? I don't know. I cannot tell you honestly, but I do know a few things if I may share with you. I do know that 12 peers makes up a judicial system, which we call a jury. I do know that there was 12 patriarchs. Amen. I do know that the Bible says that the foundation of the new chosen people is and will be Israel, which is 12 tribes. And Jesus Christ would have 12 apostles. But then I questioned myself and I said, really, how well do I know these men of God? How well do you know Peter? How well do you know John? How well do you know James? How well do we know of Judas? I don't know much of them or do I really want to know much of them. I want to know their experience with Jesus. I want to know what they shared with Jesus. I want to know what they went through with Jesus. And I want to be faithful like they were serving Jesus. Share a couple of things with you about these men that we read about. These particular group of men had differences in their time, just like we have difference today. Don't we have difference today? No matter your ethnicity no matter your economic level, no matter your degree or non-degree, no matter nothing, I mean everything, 
doesn't matter, but we all have differences. We all have differences that is sometimes freedom and sometimes entrapment. Differences that sometimes good and sometimes bad. Differences that will keep us from our destiny and differences that will take us to our destiny. But in these particular men and group that has these issues, just a few pointers the Lord gave me. There were three sets of brothers. That means there was family issues going on in the church. You're not listening to me today. You got family issues going on in the church today. You got family issues hindering the progress and the move of God today. Amen? Then there were business associates. There was great fishermen and people of wealth, well, considered wealthy at the time of the Galilean owning a fishing business, but they were business associates. They were people that was already founded in their business, rooted in their business. Matter of fact, the father wanted the two sons to take over, but they got up and left for something better. How many of you will leave aside the inheritance of your earthly father to take on the inheritance of the most high father? Give God a hand praise in this place. Would you deny the things on earth to take on the mantle of God and to run the race that these men have did? The other differences was there was opposing political views. <laughs> Isn't that quite on time today? Amen? There was opposing political views. As we have read and known, if you do your research, Peter and Matthew kind of bumped a lot of heads. They was fighting more or less together until the spirit won them over. But there was political views, especially you had those that was considered more favorable than others. But in the church today, the differences is still political. The differences is still you might be Democratic, you might be right wing, you might be a Republican, but we still got political views that are different. But how do you know, beloved, this ought not be in the church where God is the head and we are the body. Amen. And the other one that was said earlier, there was a betrayer. There was a pretender in the house. Now we in the church, as associate pastor where I'm at, and one of the leading teachers, I have come to learn in my walk that you got, we, let me just say that correctly, we will have people sit right in them seats that is only here to see who's here, what you're doing here, and what they can run back and tell about here. Amen? But we are not to get beside ourselves because of that. We are not to get bothered by that. We are to still love them, help them, and direct them to the Savior. Amen? Another fact about these men's brothers and sisters, Judas was the only one from Judea. So in that sense, he might have felt alone. I don't know, talking about Iscariot. He might have felt alone. The others was all from Galilee. But if you read in the Gospels and you read the Gospel books, you will find that every time when Jesus wanted to make a decision that was vital for us to follow or for humanity and to do miracles, he 
always went out to pray by himself. Uh, that's another footnote for you and I today in the church. Uh, when you need to make a decision, when you need to think about something strongly and you're being pulled on both sides, it might help me in my home and money and family. It might put me in a position better, but go to the Father first. See if it's well in your spirit. If it's settled well in your spirit, then you know if God has given it, God will see you through. Somebody say amen. Jesus went off many times to pray. And Jesus, when he prayed about these 12, he took 12 ordinary men, 12 men, the Bible says, unlearned, uneducated men. But he took a mixture of men and the different backgrounds and personalities of these men, and he made a body. He made a body that would lead us to the place that we are here today. He made a group of men that are very different, as we already said, with the five points I gave you, and he took these ordinary men to build the church. Amen? He took these men to teach the salvation word, to share the good news. As it says in Mark 10, that Jesus, the Son of Man, did not come to be served, amen, but to serve and to give his life a ransom, amen. Second Corinthians 5, 21 says that he who knew no sin became sin, that you and I might become the righteousness of God in Christ Jesus, amen. Alone, brothers and sisters, we may feel unqualified to serve Christ effectively, but together, we can make up a group strong enough to handle and take on the kingdom of Satan here on earth. We can make up a group strong enough to battle the forces in the unseen realm. We can make a group strong enough to carry and lift the blood-stained banner another mile for our children. Amen. Come on, give God some glory. Amen. Let us ask for patience. Let us ask for acceptance. Let us ask for diversity in our local church. Amen. Let us build on the variety that makes us different. The strengths that makes us special. Let us not be bickering and belittling and saying, well, I can do that. I can do that. None of you are Urkels. <laughs> Come on, lad. There you go. Amen. None of you are Urkels. You're individuals. And you're created uniquely special in God. That's our assignment. Amen. I might be younger than some, but older than some. But I know enough that sometimes I got to teach. Sometimes I got to still listen in my mid-50s. Amen. You ain't don't always know the answer. And I realize that as I walk this faith. And sometimes I'm going to listen for someone that could be the age of my child. And I got children in the mid-30s, just so you know. Amen. So it, it is a little different, especially being a veteran, that I had to take that. But I have learned, God have nurtured me, have taught me that sometimes just listen. And then sometimes I will give you to teach. And that's for you and I that makes up this body. Sometimes you got to listen then sometimes you got to teach. Amen? But before I close, let me share this with you. 
I'm going to share these last few things, and I'm going to take my seat and get out your way. Amen. Amen. <laughs> Some of the difference of the names of these apostles, if you will. Simon, who is sometimes called Petra or Peter. Matthew, who is known as Levi. Bartholomew is said to be Nathaniel. Judas is the son of James, who is also called Thaddeus. Here we see the names of some of the apostles different. Does that mean that they portray themselves as different in their journey and in their ministry? Brothers and sisters, we know that back in the times of Jesus and of the nation of Israel, that names have a meaning. But what I'm referring to is today, brothers and sisters, how people use these alter egos as the celebrities say and how they try to push in our children's throat. But really, saints of God, these alternate characters or these alternate egos that some of us have and some of us show should not be the case when we're in the house of God. Now, mind you, I'm not talking about experiment or at fun times. I'm not talking about when you're doing a, stace, a, a, a case study. Excuse me. I'm speaking about Christians who willfully want to put on another facade, another mask, another way of acting and living because they want to be accepted. This should not be in the house of God. We should not put on false masks and face to be accepted or to gain positions. Can I give you an acronym that I shared at my church? In the house of God today, there is pot smokers. Ah, you missed that, didn't you? You said, Reverend, what are you talking about? Can I help him? I shared it with Tim at a Netzer meeting. Pot smokers, people that seek positions office and titles come on give god a hand praise amen you know what i'm talking about you got people that just want position just want an office and just want a title so they can strut their stuff and act like they better than somebody in the house of god but jesus died for the church gave his life for the church so you and i ought to think ourselves nothing but dead concerning the kingdom amen you can use that if you like amen <laughs> amen but i am closing and here's my closing remarks to you as we leave these doors in this place keep these three things in mind you and i are called to be the salt salt that will season the soul of someone who is in an ebbing state salt that will remain salty even in difficult situations we are called witnesses of God witnesses that will remain faithful to his name witnesses that will persevere under persecution whether the persecution is by family famine friends law or even by other saints we are called to be lights, lights in shining in the darkness of this world and the wickedness and the perverseness of these times. We are called to be lights shining in every area of our lives that God has given us. Lights piercing through the darkness of the holes of the loss and the emotional brokenness of the souls that are out here. My brothers and sisters, if you read the Bible, if you go into the book, you will find in Romans 12, we have different members making up one body. If you look at 1 Corinthians 12, you will find the diversity of gifts. Amen. 
but the same spirit. If you go into Ephesians 4, amen, you will find the Holy Trinity at work. <laughs> one Lord, one faith, and one baptism. I'm going to go ahead and take my seat, but I want to encourage you today that diversity makes a body good. Don't you ever forget. Don't you ever give up. And don't He said this to me. He said, you a teacher. You a theologian. I said, no, I'm just a son, a child of God. He said, well, you know, you study. I said, yeah, I'm in school. I'm about to have my MDiv. So he said, let me ask a question. Why did Jesus choose Judas Iscariot? <laughs> I chuckled. I laughed. I said, I don't know. Then I looked at him and I said, I got a better question for you. He said, what's that? I said, I want to know why Jesus chose me. Amen. Amen. Give God some glory in this place.